Good morning, everyone. As if you couldn't figure it out, I'm Micah. Um, I'm the student pastor here at Eastridge. And um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for letting me uh, be here. I know, you know, Fourth of July and New Year's Eve are pretty much the student pastor um, Sundays. And so thank you for being here, um, knowing that. And so um, I, I'm going to do my best to um, adequately present the Word of God this morning and um, just edify you and encourage you. And so um, a couple of months ago, Kurt had asked me to um, do the message this Sunday, and I was really wrestling around with what I wanted to um, talk about. And all throughout this year, it has been a great year, first of all. There's been so much that's gone on in this church, so many baptisms, so many good things that have happened. But there's been a lot of bad things that have happened this year as well, in, in my family and in your families as well, to you. And so um, a, a prayer of mine all this year has just been daily renewal. And that comes, that heart comes from this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So if you will, if you'll like get out your Bible and go to 2 Corinthians 4 with me, um, I would encourage you to do that, to get a physical Bible in front of you to look at it, because um, we're going to draw a lot of connections, and we're going to look at the words themselves, and um, it, it'll be better understand, uh, understandable if you have it before you. If you don't have your Bible yourself, there should be some Bibles in the bottom of your chairs that you can use, and it'll also be up on the screen as well. Um, but before we begin, um, I just want to pray, and then we'll, we'll get into it. And so if you'll pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this cold morning, this, um, when the cold air hits our lungs, that we are reminded that every breath is from you, and that all that we do um, is, is for you and from you and through you. Father, I just pray this morning um, that we would not overlook this precious gift that your word is to us, that we have the word of God in our hands that we can read every day for our edification and our hope and our joy. And so, Father, thank you for, for your word, for its many blessings and its many warnings. And, Father, I pray now that um, it, I, would, I would turn away from myself and you would carry me. And so, Father, I pray this all in the name of your son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Kurt had read 7 through 15, and we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, but really, we're, the idea behind flipping things around this Sunday comes from just, just this contrast that we see within um, this text, but also in scripture itself and the Christian life, just this contrast, this juxtaposition, this paradox really of, um, of terms. And so Paul, in his, he's very, um, very good at writing. He's, he's excellent in the way that he writes and his arguments and his logic is um, so beautiful and there's so much to grab from it. And he uses these, um, these tools of juxtaposition and contrast to show us um, the glories that God has for us. So I'm just going to read the main passage that we're going to be in, which is 16 through 18. So I'm going to read that, and then we'll, we'll hit some points as we go through. Verse 16, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So first of all, Paul makes this claim in verse 16. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart and we are being renewed day by day. 
And so what he has here is he has a secret for us of not losing heart and being renewed. And he, he puts it, this is our first contrast, he puts it in a positive and a negative way. So he negatively says it where, therefore, we do not lose heart. That's the negative way of saying it. And so for us, we can think, does anybody want to lose heart? Does anybody come here this morning wanting to lose heart, singing songs that will knock the, the, the breath out of their hope? Nobody, nobody wants to lose heart. And so that's the negative way of saying that he has a secret here because we don't want to lose hearts. We need to pay attention to what he's talking about. But he puts it in the positive way of saying we are being renewed day by day. Don't we all want to be renewed every day? Every morning we get up, there's new breath in our soul. There's new strength, new joy, new motivation. We all want this. And so this positive and negative shows us that this is a universal secret that Paul has given us. It's universal. Everybody wants this secret. And really, it's not a secret if you read scripture and you know where I'm going with this. Um, but we'll, we'll continue. So, therefore, we do not lose heart. He says, but though our outer man is decaying. So outer man, just he's referring to our physical body. Okay, so our physical self, our outer man is decaying. Another word that you could say for decaying would be perishing. I believe that's the King James Version. Um, wasting away. I'm pretty sure that's the ESV, that outer man is wasting away. Other translations would be corrupt thoroughly. But the most common translation of this specific word would be destroy. And so we could read that, that we do not lose heart, though our outer man is destroying. And so for us, we need to look at what this word means. The first use of this word would be in Luke, where Jesus is talking about we don't store up treasures in heaven. Oh, we do store up treasures in heaven. Sorry. We don't store up treasures on earth because that's where moths can eat and destroy. That's that same word, destroy. And another um, place that he uses this word of destroy would be in um, Revelation chapter 8, where the scene is that God is going to throw a stone into the sea, and a third of the ships will be toppled over, put at the bottom of the sea, destroyed. That's what this word is. And so we are being destroyed, and yet we don't lose heart. And so we also look, he says, our inner man is being renewed day by day. This renewal is something that we want, right? This, it, it means to renew, renew, make new again, to invigorate, to energize, to bring life. So our outer man is being destroyed, yet our inner man, our soul, has fresh strength. And there's an implicit point I want to make here. It says, we do not lose heart. Our outer man is being destroyed Yet day by day, we are being renewed. And so there's an implicit point that I want to make. If we're being renewed day by day, that means that hope fades, that your bucket leaks, right? Don't we all experience that? Just because we, Sunday mornings are great, but Monday morning's coming and hope fades, your bucket leaks. And that for, for me, I, I believe for us, this is incredibly um, encouraging and incredibly realistic, it's incredibly encouraging because there's not this one-time experience that we have to work ourselves up to, to never f lose heart again, have a heart that never fails. There's not something that we have to work up to this one time. And it's also realistic because it's day by day that we are being renewed. It's an everyday task, an everyday devotion. This means that every day you leak and you fade. We wouldn't need to be renewed day by day if we could 
if we could treat today's sickness off of yesterday's medicine. We wouldn't need to be renewed day by day if you could run your car on yesterday's gas. You wouldn't need to be renewed day by day if you could run your body's energy off of yesterday's food. You can't run your life off of yesterday's newness. That's what Paul's showing us here implicitly in the text by day by day renewal. This is the same thing that Jesus is talking about. It's the same logic, the same thought that Jesus talks about in Matthew 6, 34. I'll read it for you. Matthew 6, 34, he says, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But there's a match to that in Scripture. It's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. It says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. For his compassions or his mercies, for his mercies never fail. Listen to this. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So every day has its troubles, like Jesus said, but every morning has its mercies. There are Sunday mercies and there are Sunday troubles. There are Monday mercies and there are Monday troubles. And so for us, what we need to do is we need to tap into the mercies that God has given us so that we can be renewed. A day-by-day renewal, our bucket leaks. And so why do we need to be renewed? Why do we have troubles? And I believe the answer that Paul gives us is in verse 7 that we read earlier. If you'll look there with me. Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This treasure that he's talking about, we see in verse 6. Verse 6 is, for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So what is this treasure that we have? The gospel, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have that. But what does it say? We have that in earthen vessels. Why do we have them in earthen vessels? Paul answers that. He says, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. God gets the glory. In our weakness, it is not of ourselves. Otherwise, if we thought this treasure was of ourselves, that we could get daily renewal, we might think that um, our strength comes from ourselves, that we don't need God. God gets the glory. The fact that we run out of gas puts us in the gas station. The fact that we are hungry makes us eat. The fact that we are sick puts us in the pharmacy to get the medicine. God gets the glory. We rely on him. He's our dependence. So now we'll get to the main point, this thing that we look to, this unseen thing that we look to. There's two clues that Paul gives to this one secret. There's two clues. The first clue we're going to find outside of the text, away over in Colossians. And the second one we're going to find in the text in and of itself. So the first clue um, is by tracking down this word renewed, right? We talk about invigorating new life, fresh strength being renewed. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, if you'll go there with me. Um, it's, it's the same language here. This is Paul, again, writing to the church in Colossae. And he's, he's writing to them about putting on the new self. And so we had just read about the outer man and the inner man. And so we're, we're putting on the new self, doing away with the old self. And so in verse 10, he says, 
doing away with the old self and having put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Did you catch that? They were renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So our first clue here is that we are renewed in knowledge, in knowledge of the word of God. Now that is as simple as reading your Bible every morning. We get renewal, we do not lose heart, simply by reading our Bible every morning, our, our mercies every morning. Now, what I'm not saying here is that knowledge is sufficient in and of itself to give you a heart that never fails. That is not what I'm saying. That's not what the text is saying. That's not what Paul's saying. It is not saying accumulate enough knowledge and you will be renewed every day. That is not what it is saying. We know, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. We know that. And so knowledge in and of itself tends to puff us up, but knowledge with love through the Holy Spirit and with action, that is true knowledge. And that is true renewal. And so that, that is what we're looking at here, not knowledge that puffs up. And so it's not accumulated enough knowledge and you will be renewed every day. But I don't know anyone who is being renewed every day and not losing heart every day, who is not being renewed in the knowledge of the word of God. And so it's not sufficient in and of itself, but you cannot sustain renewal without the knowledge of the word of God. So our first clue to this secret of not losing heart, of being renewed, knowledge of the word of God, reading your Bible, as simple and elementary as that is, that's our first clue. Now, our second clue will be in the text of itself. And I'm going to make, I'm going to put on my grammar and literary hat here for a moment and nerd out over this. But I want you to look at, there, there's two words I want to point out. There's the word therefore in verse 16. Do you see that there? Therefore. And in verse 17, we have the word for. Therefore could be um, kind of swapped out with so. Some of your translations might say so. We do not lose heart. In verse 17, for could be swapped out with because. Now, the reason that I call this to attention is because when we see these kind of words, we need to think, why are they there? They're there for a reason. Paul didn't write them for nothing. And so the reason they're there is because in this flow of logic, there are connecting words. Okay, so there's the reason which is connected by that word to the action. So when uh, we can put this in everyday language, we'll say, I am hungry. So I'm going to go have lunch or I'm hungry. Therefore, I'm going to go have lunch. A reason I'm hungry connected by the action. I'm going to go have lunch. So when we look at verse 16, that's our connecting word. So when we look at 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. That is our action. We do not lose heart. So we need to look before that, before this verse, to see what the reason is of our not losing heart, which is 7 through 15, which we read. So let's go through. I, I, I see in 7 through 15, five points that Paul shows us of why we do not lose heart. And there are five granite stones that we can stand upon for our renewal and our heart to not faint. So let's go through. First one I see is in verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Our vessels are weak. God gets the glory. He sustains us. We are dependent on him. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Point number one. Second one, 
Verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. God is faithful. Great is your faithfulness. Third one, we see in verse 10, we are always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even in our dying, the life of Jesus is being manifested in our body. We do not lose heart. The fourth one, verse 11, for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That we're being delivered over to death through our affliction and our persecution. And yet, we're manifesting the life of Jesus and are dying. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And the fifth one that I see would be 13 through 15. And really, verse 14. He talks about, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Verse 14, here's the main one. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. So if you are obedient unto the point of death, do not lose heart. Because he says, God will raise you from the dead. Therefore, I will not lose heart. Those are five glorious granite stones that we can stand on for our not losing heart. So that's, that's the first part of this, right? So if we flip it, right, because we look at verse 17, this is the main because, the main reason of our not losing heart, the main reason of our, of our renewal. Verse 17, he says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. So we looked at the reason linked to the action, Right? The action being we do not lose heart. If we flip it and put the action before the reason, we would use something like for or so. And so if we take that and say, I'm going to go have lunch because I'm hungry, right? Before or because I'm going to go eat lunch for I am hungry. So when we look at this, we see that the reason is followed by for. And so the action there is our inner man is being renewed day by day. That's the action. What's the reason? It's verse 17 in and of itself, that momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. I'm going to read that one more time. The reason that we do not lose heart, the reason that we are renewed day by day is because momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. So what is Paul saying here? Why don't we lose heart? What is this secret? It is that your pain and your affliction and your suffering is working for you, is producing for you. Another way to say that is preparing. This affliction that you have is preparing for you an eternal weight of glory. Paul could have said this momentary light affliction is followed by an eternal weight of glory, but that's not what he says. That would have been good enough in and of itself that there's this reward that we can wait for, but it's so much greater than that, that what we're going through, all of our hurt and our pain is working for us, this eternal weight of glory. And that's what verse 18 is saying. It's saying, we look not to, not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen. What's the thing that we can't see? Glory beyond the grave. And so you might say, what in the world are you talking about? How can I see something that I can't see? How can I look at something you can't look at? I can't see the invisible. 
And so I'm going to give you two um, ways, two different ways of answering this question of how can I look at this? Um, what, what do you mean? And so the first one is going to be through the person of Paul. Paul is writing this letter and Paul is speaking out of his own experience, his own experience of suffering. Paul suffered for over 30 years for the ministry. What Paul writes here, he has lived. He has been stoned and beaten and slandered and borne false witness against, shipwrecked and imprisoned. Over 30 years of this. And what, what does Paul call all of that 30 years? In verse 17, he calls it momentary and light. A lifelong suffering. He calls momentary and light. How can he say that? How can he make this bold claim? that his suffering for 30 years is momentary in light. It is because Paul could see the unseen glory that would be given to him beyond the grave. He could see it. He's not looking at the things which are seen, all the attacks and of, of man, of fallen man and of fallen nature. He looks beyond it to the glory beyond the grave. And it makes his lifelong suffering look momentary and the weight of his pain look light. The affliction which Paul felt, he felt it like a lethal weight around his neck. It now seemed weightless in comparison to the load of glory. Now I get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. If we look there, Paul says, he's, this is his introduction to the letter to the church in Corinth. He says, for we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively. Here's this burden again, right? Affliction, burden excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. It is a lethal weight, this affliction that he is going through, this, this persecution. And yet in verse 17 of chapter four, we see him calling it momentary and light. That is only by looking to the unseen. That's what Paul's calling us to do. And so that's the first one. And the, the second one that I want to um, go to is, is in some other scriptures. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. It'll be up on the screen, but you can turn there if you'd like. We're going to see a lot of the same language and a, a lot of contrast as well. So verse 16, Paul says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. We are fellow heirs with Christ. Don't let that pass by. We are fellow heirs with Christ. But there's a qualifier there. He says, you're a fellow heir with Christ if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is what Paul knew and what Paul lived that to be an heir of Christ, we are a child God and an heir of Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. That's crazy, first of all. We look in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So we have this comparison again of glory and of suffering. And every time that this pops up, Glory is so much more heavy. It's so much more um, valuable than the suffering that we have. We all know this scripture in Matthew 11. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is what we want, right? Rest for our souls. And what does he say? For my yoke is easy. That in and of itself is a paradox. A yoke is what you put on your shoulders. We put on cattle to do work, to carry weight, to be burdened. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's these same contrasts, these, these comparisons of a burden that is light and a yoke that is easy. Just shouting out, look to the unseen. Don't look at what you can see. Look to the unseen. And so I'll, I'll wrap up with this. The basis of our not losing heart is something you cannot see. Namely, glory. Glory beyond the grave that will make up for the brief affliction that you have. It will make up for it. He says in 2 Corinthians 17 that it is a weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Nothing is close to being compared to the glory which we will receive, which has been produced by the affliction that we have. Do you see that there? This glory will make our affliction look momentary and light momentary and light. And also it is totally meaningful, totally meaningful. He says it is producing for us, working for us, preparing for us. Every moment of pain from fallen man or fallen nature in the path of obedience is producing glory. You will get because of that. We look to what we cannot see. The promise that your pain is doing something. That's what verse 18 is talking about, this main unseen thing, the main because. What is the unseen thing that you're supposed to look at? You're supposed to look at the promise of God in verse 17 that says your pain is doing something for you. Either you see it with the eyes of faith and you believe it because that's what the text says. And you don't lose heart and you're renewed day by day or you don't see it and you lose heart. But none of us want to lose hearts, so look, look to the unseen. So when the bad of the fallen world comes at you, all the affliction, all the sickness, the confusion, the persecution, the decay, the cancer, the criticism, the slander, and even death, don't say it's meaningless. It is working for you an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Therefore, therefore, we do not lose heart. But take these truths and day by day, focus on them. Put them in your heart. Grow in knowledge of the word of God. See his word in your mind so that you will be new. And so there's three groups of people that I want to address here before I, I finish. First of all is the unbeliever. The unbeliever, they see the pain and the suffering of the world and it looks meaningless to them because without Christ, it is. Without Jesus and faith in him, there's nothing producing glory for you. Your pain is meaningless. And so here's my call to you. You can see it and you're losing heart. Jesus calls you. He says, come to me who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take his yoke upon you. It is easy and his burden is light. It is an open invitation. Jesus has died for you so that we might live a life of death for him, for the sake of others, right? So that the, the grace that we have will spread to more and more so that the grace of God will abound to thanksgiving. 
So come to Christ. Come to Christ. Find rest. Find renewal so you won't lose heart. The second group of people would be a Christian that is not afflicted currently. I say currently because as we read, affliction is coming. It is a guarantee of the Christian life that affliction, persecution, and oppression, you might be oppressed financially, physically, relationally. People will do you wrong. You will struggle. And so what do you turn to? Here, you don't have to lose heart. You might not be in it right now, but you will be. And so what Paul says is we don't lose heart. Be renewed day by day in knowledge and in looking to the unseen so that when those days come, you won't lose heart. And the third group would be the Christian who is afflicted right now. And here's my, my call to you is what we just read. Do not lose heart. Look to the unseen. Know that the pain that you experience right now and the hurt and the tragedy is producing for you glory. I can't explain it. I don't know God's plans, but he does. All I know is remain in him, abide in him, and he will abide in you. Do not lose heart. Be renewed day by day. So let's pray. Father, we come to you. You are, you are the creator of all things. You are the healer of our being. Through your righteousness, we have been redeemed. You are the lover of my heart. You are the mender of my soul. God, you are an ever-present help in trouble. And so, God, do this work in us and in these people so that we might look to the unseen. We would not lose heart. We would be renewed day by day in knowledge and just in our vision of not looking at what we see, all the tsunamis and the wars and the terribleness of fallen nature and of sin, but we would look to you and the promise that you have in us so that we would have new life, fresh strength, that we would be renovated and made new each morning. We would not look at the troubles of the day, but at the mercies that you have given us. So, Father, I pray this all in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.